Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of Lifehouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. Now, here's, here's the thing, right? You, you know that Christmas ultimately is about Jesus. You know, we celebrate Chris, Christmas because it's Jesus' what? Birthday, right? So here's the thing right now. Now, the funny thing is, is, is our culture has taken it and pretty much made it and turned it to be about gifts, Right? Where one of the best parts, some of the most confusing parts, stressful parts, is this whole gift thing, right? So here's the thing, right? Instinctively, we know Christmas is a season about Jesus, yet at the same time, it is a season filled with gifts. And as Christians, although we know clearly that Jesus is the 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 greatest gift, inevitably this year, your life is going to be full of you buying people gifts and you receiving gifts. And it's funny how gifts have almost taken on their own language or their, their own nuances, where it's kind of like you can tell a lot about what someone thinks about you by the kind of Christmas gift they get you. Have, have you seen this? Where, see, here's the, here's the thing, right? My boy, Dwayne Goodrich, he was the one up here leading us in the baby dedications. A couple, or I think it was last year, I got him a pair of Jordans for Christmas because I was sick and tired of seeing him wear a pair of lug, lugs, lugs, like lugs boots that I used to wear back in the early 2000s. <laughs> and apparently I'm not the only one that has been striving and encouraging him to update his wardrobe. <laughs> apparently we got a whole crew of people that are trying to get Dwayne into this decade. Because <laughs> he's caught in the early 2000s where literally he has a... Dwayne, are, are you here? Where? He's out there. Okay, all right. He knows that I was talking about him. So here's the thing. I, I need all y'all to help me. So, like, I, I need all of us to chip in and get Dwayne a new wardrobe, okay? Because so, so right, we need to let him know. Uh, Tiffany, am, am, am I wrong here? This is his wife. Can, okay, all right. Absolutely right. All right. She is on board. Like, we need to get this dude in the next decade because this dude, because I was like, bro, I don't want to see you wearing them lugs again. Like, I want to see you throw them things in the trash, like, burn them things. Like, lugs were cool back in the early 2000s, and you only got lugs because you couldn't get Tim's. And then you just got lugs, and all y'all know that's true. All of y'all in your mid-30s, late-30s, you only got lugs because you couldn't afford Tim's. And I'm like, this dude's still rocking these things in late, two, like, 2019, man. Like, so we got to help him. But at the same time, I was like, yo, so I think I, I, I kind of helped him see. But isn't it funny? There are different kinds of gifts, right? Like, you get gifts, you receive gifts, and you're like, yeah, they didn't put any thought into that. <laughs> you ever gotten gifts like that? Or you just like, yep, 
you were in a hurry, <laughs> and you just got something. Or how many of you have gotten a gift and no shame, guilt here? We are not a church of shame and guilt. But think, have you ever gotten a gift and you immediately say, I'm re-gifting that? <laughs> you, 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 just, you see it, and you're like, thank you so much. I don't like this. I'm giving this to someone else. This is going to save me a few dollars because I'm giving this to somebody. How many of you have honestly re-gifted some, something? Okay, that you can come to the altar after service and you can <laughs> repent of your sins, right? How, but here's like, how many of you, though, have, have, have received a gift and it has just been one of those unexpected gifts that you just did not see it coming at all? Not even Christmas. It's just like something, you, you have something show up in the mail. Like Kristen and I, we got this, this check in the mail the other week for a pretty significant amount of money, and we were just like, well, thank you, Jesus. You know, it was like, we didn't see that coming, but it, it just showed up. We've got somebody um, that, that is consistently sending us cash. No, no name. Some of y'all are like, where, where you live at? It was like, just, just, I mean, it's just like, it, 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 it is just unexpectedly every single week somebody sends us a dollar or, or, or sends us bills and there, there's nothing in there. It just says, God bless you. It's just unexpected. Yeah, it's just like, what, what in the world? And, and, it's, and it's like, it is kind of just like taking on, like it's something that you don't expect. Here's the thing, right? I believe if we were going to take this whole gifts idea and Jesus idea, and, and, and here's the thing, right? Take Jesus and, and make him into, like, what kind of gift would Jesus be? Like, what kind of, of, I don't know, label would you give Jesus? What kind of gift would he be? And really, I, I believe, honestly, Jesus would be that unexpected gift. Because Jesus surprised everybody. He surprised everybody. Think about Joseph his dad, but not really, kind of. Think about Mary. They were just a young couple in love, 15 years old, 13, 14, 15 years old. They just, they fell in love and then, oh yeah, Mary, you're going to be the one that's going to birth the savior of the world. She was not expecting that. Think about Joseph. Think about the conversation Mary and Joseph had. When Mary starts, or when, when she has that conversation with the angel, and the angel tells her, you're going to get pregnant through the Holy Spirit, and she goes to Joseph, and she's like, yo, can we talk? Can we have a little chit-chat? I got something I got to tell you, honey. I'm pregnant. But I ain't sleeping with no one. And it's from God. <laughs> like, how many guys would use that, that one, right? It's like, you know, but, but, I mean, it's, but it's like, just think, Jesus was unexpected even to his parents. Jesus shocked and surprised the Jewish, the Jewish leaders and culture that he was born into. Because honestly, their concept of what they thought a savior was, was going to be overthrowing the Roman government because they were sick of being oppressed by the Roman government, and so they, so whenever Jesus came and, and said, I'm the Messiah, they were like, you're on drugs because the, because the real 
Messiah, he's going to be someone that is, that is going to come and be a political ruler. We're not expecting this real good teacher guy saying that he's God. He surprised the Jewish leaders. But Jesus also surprised regular people where Jesus, they, what they would say about Jesus is, is we've never seen somebody teach with such authority and power before. And what they even said about Jesus, imagine this being said about you. What they said about Jesus was, is can any good come from Nazareth? I mean, think about like, can any good come from Newport News? Can any good come from, I mean, that's what they said about Jesus. So Jesus, he shocked Mary, he shocked Joseph, he shocked the Jewish leaders, he shocked regular Jewish people. And I think honestly, many times, Jesus surprises us. Jesus surprises us because, honestly, I think many times we have cultural-built expectations of Jesus that have been built through a bunch of different variables that have shaped a form or kind of Jesus in, in our brains that do not match up with the biblical Jesus. Is whether it's through the culture media, conversations you've, you've had with, with different folk. Like, we have a concept of who Jesus is and what Jesus is like many times that isn't built on, on who Jesus actually is and who Jesus actually says he is. And, that's, and that, and, and, and that is, is why many times I think Jesus surprises us and shocks us when we actually get to know the real Jesus of Scripture. And today, quickly, I want to give you just... Three ways I think Jesus is that unexpected gift. Is that gift that you get and you're like, oh, wow, I, I didn't see this coming. I didn't even know I needed this. I want to give you three ways that I believe Jesus is that unexpected gift. First off, Jesus did, did not come into the world to make you a good person. And I think that shocks us. Because I think many people, they have this concept of, well, yeah, Jesus, he takes bad people and makes them good people. That's what Jesus does. Christians are just, now, now we're just good people. And I, what I really want to kind of just like get to you today, the, the really, I think, shocks us is Jesus, the purpose of Jesus coming wasn't to make you a good person. It wasn't to make you good. Actually, I want to share something with you that might depress you. And if it's your first time here, I know we got a whole lot of, of first-time guests. Welcome to Lifehouse. I love you. I'm just going to share something with you t t today. Jesus did not come to make you a good person. As a matter of fact, there is nothing you could ever do to make God declare you a good person. Nothing. There is not enough good works you can do. There is not enough money you can give. There, there, there is not enough things in and of yourself that you can do to go to God and present before him and him say, you're good. Why? Because our definition of good and God's definition of good are completely different. How many of you have, have seen the, that one show, The Good Place? My wife loves that show. Right? And basically the concept behind that, sh that show is there is this, this, this afterlife place that, that people get, the people get into because their good deeds outweigh their bad deeds. So if their good deeds outweigh their bad deeds, then they get to go to this euphoric, utopia place known as the good place. And I think, honestly, if we're Honest, that's the way a lot of us think this whole heaven-hell thing works. 
We think, well, you know, if my good outweighs the bad in, in my life, then, then God will see the scales tipped and God will be like, here's the good place. But honestly, like, it might shock you and surprise you, but that is not the Bible. And I think, honestly, many times that shocks us because what we see in Scripture, and this is why it's, like, so here's the thing. This is the bad, bad news. Like, no one is good. Like, no one. Like, you, you can't good your way into the good place. You can't do it. Let me, let me just share a couple different scriptures with you here. Romans. Romans 3, 10 through 12. It's, it says this. As these scriptures say, it says, No one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All, all have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. Then it says this here, Romans 3, 3. For everyone has sinned. Everyone say everyone. Everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. So when it says everyone in the Greek, that means everyone. Yeah, really. So do you know what everyone includes? That includes everyone. The, the we all are in the same boat where we fall short of God's standard of good. Do you know what God's standard of good is? It is perfection. And we all fall short of that. And so look, you need to stop trying to good your way into the good place because you'll never be good enough to get there. That's the bad news. And that's why some of you are striving so hard to please God and you're just striving and striving and striving and trying and trying and trying. And honestly, you're missing the point. You're missing this thing. That is the bad news, but you're missing the good news. You're missing what Christians refer to as the gospel, and the gospel simply means this, it's good news. It's good, and, and let me tell you the, the good news is you will never be good enough to earn God's love, acceptance, and the good place, but that is the purpose of the unexpected gift of Jesus coming into the earth. Why? Because Jesus, he came and lived the life you could not live, a perfect life. He actually went to the cross and died in your place and really at for, for you, which was the price you should pay because of your sin. Let me tell you what sin is. Sin is simply a churchy word that simply means you want to do your will instead of God's will. That you want to do your thing instead of, of God's thing. And what we see is Jesus came and lived a life you couldn't live. He, he lived a perfect life. This was even attested to by, by his brothers and sisters and disciples. And then he died the death you should have died in your place and for your sin. He took your punishment. And then the thing is this here. What we see, Romans 3, 20, 24. It says, yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. In other words, we have right standing with God, he did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. So the bad news is you can't earn your way by doing good works to the good place, but Jesus earned what you could not earn, but freely gives it to you because he earned it. So hopefully you're catching this. Jesus lived the good life you could not 
live and took the penalty for your sins. And now what, what Jesus does, it says he freely and graciously declares he gives you a status of being right before God that you did not earn, but Jesus earned for you. But because Jesus earned it, he can freely give it to you. And that is why Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 say this here. It says, God saved you by his grace. Next slide, please. It says, God saved you by his grace. And grace is simply this. You receive a gift. Meaning you can't earn it. You simply receive it. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a what? Gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. It is a gift that is freely given to you where you are declared righteous before God, not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus did for you. And he gives it to you as a gift freely. And that is what makes Christianity different from every religion on this planet. It's not this whole scales good, bad. None of us are good. Only Jesus is, is good. So now we put our faith and trust in what Jesus did and Jesus credits to us, gives to us what he earned, he freely gives us. And that is the good news, church. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what I get really, really scared of is that here's the thing. If you've been saved a long time. You say, John, I know this. John, I know this gospel thing. Here's the thing. The gospel, the good news, isn't something you graduate from. It's something you preach to yourself and believe every single day. Like, y'all, you've got to get this in your spirit, in your mind, that you are not defined by the good or bad you do. You are defined by who Jesus declares you are, by your admission of faith, and through your trust in him. And you've got to believe that. Uh, you've got to preach this to your, you've got to preach a sermon to yourself every day and believe the gospel afresh every day. Why? Because you will start to live for the approval of God instead of living from the approval that God has already given you. Not because of anything you've done, but because of what he's done. You've got to preach the gospel to yourself and believe it every single day. Because here's the thing, right? I got told this story. This guy that I went to, to church with growing up. He was one of, uh, he, he, he was a leader in the church that, that I grew up in. Led missions trips. Uh, preached sermons. One of the pastors, right, right, right hand men. I heard a couple weeks back, he killed himself. Like, it's just like, like Who? Who, who did what? Like, what? What the heck? And, 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 through various and through various conversations with different people, one of the things that they said about this guy is, is, is that no matter what he did for God, he never felt like he was good enough. And what I hope did not happen is that is that he got to the point where he said, I'll never be good enough, so what's the point? When the point is, you'll never be good enough. So stop trying. Stop having that weight on your shoulders of you trying to earn what God just freely gives you. Stop trying to earn it. Throw that earn crap off and just receive and live from 
the acceptance and the approval that God gives you and let that change you. And, and that's why I encourage you. You've got to believe this and preach this to yourself every day. Because I don't want any of us to get to that point where we're like, well, it's the good that I... No, it's not. You'll never be good enough. You could never earn it. Just receive it and live from it. And that is why the gospel is never something we graduate from. It's something... It's, it's the foundation of what we build this life on. Secondly, I, I, I just think the... The second thing that really surprises us about Jesus is that Jesus did not come to give you what you want. I think a lot of people have turned Jesus into this cultural genie where you sprinkle a little bit of Jesus. It's going to be a little bit of that Jesus potion. It's going to be a little bit of that Jesus. It's going to be a little bit of Jesus. Get a little bit of Jesus all my life. And uh, I get the blessings. And what, 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 what just, I, I think surprises and shocks a lot of people is Jesus was never meant, he never came to earth to be an add-on to your life. The purpose of Jesus living, dying, and rising, and beating death, Satan, hell, and the grave wasn't so you could take a little bit of Jesus and sprinkle him on, or to be some genie you rub the right way, and he comes out, and he exists to give you all of the stuff that that you want. I think it shocks some people when they encounter the biblical Jesus where they see, hold on, Jesus did not come just to give me what I want. And Jesus dealt with this so many times because he would feed people. Jesus loved food. That's why churches love food. Wherever we have church, we got food. Whenever I'm in church, after I leave church, I want to eat food. I have no idea why. It's like church just, you know, but but by the time like Jesus would feed people, and then people would start to follow Jesus because of the food he would give them. And then whenever Jesus would 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 like start to like ask them to actually change certain 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 things, when when Jesus would challenge them, he'd be like, "Hey, my purpose isn't just to come and give you physical food. My purpose is to come and get to the root in your heart and to change your." spiritual and here's the thing I want to be your spiritual food there were some people that were like uh I'll take the physical food this this whole you like changing my life thing I don't know man I don't know I kind of liked you feeding me but this whole submitting and changing and transforming thing I don't I don't know and so many times what you see is many people walked away from him when they saw he just would not always be a genie to them and I think we see this many times. People walk away from Jesus when they see he's not a genie. But they see that, oh, Jesus actually wants to bring change. Jesus, he told this, this parable, Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus here is teaching, and he's teaching people that were following him because they were intrigued with him. They hadn't really submitted their, their life to him yet, but they were intrigued by him. And Jesus told this parable about two different builders that I want to share with you today. And this is in the message translation, which is a, a paraphrased version. But this is what it says here. It says, these words I speak to you. So this is Jesus talking. He says, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. These words I speak, the words that Jesus speaks, aren't just something you sprinkle in. 
They're not just something you just add on. It says, the words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words. Say foundational. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house because it was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words, <laughs> this is why I absolutely love the paraphrased version. Uh, but if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into you, your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. And I believe today that God is challenging some of you and asking you this question, what or who are you building your life on besides Jesus? Because here's the thing, storms will reveal who or what your foundation is. Storms will reveal. It doesn't say if you have storms, but when you have storms. So storms are promised. Tornadoes are promised. And when the storms come, it will reveal, it will show who or what you are building your life on. And what Jesus declares here, he, he says, my words, my way of life is not incidental additions. They are foundational words to build your life on. Here's the thing, Jesus doesn't always give you what you want, but he gives you what you need. He knows you need more than a Benz. You need more than a nice house. You need more than a few dollars and a good retirement plan. You need more than just a really healthy body. Those things are fine, but what you need most is an anchor inside of your soul that knows who you are, what you possess, where your true home is, that when storms hit you, you are not shaken because you have your foundation built on Jesus and the solid rock and the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that's why Jesus focused so much on your inward heart and your inward life more than saying, oh, just, just sprinkle a little money on it. Just sprinkle a boat on it. Just sprinkle a, a real nice house on it. Just sprinkle retirement on it. No, he know when, you, when storms hit, you can't throw money at a tornado. And be like, tornado, stop. You can't get in your house and hunker down. You can't throw your retirement plan at it. You can't throw your, like, Jesus knows what you need is an anchor and foundation in your soul more than just what's on the outside, his, his focus. And that's, that's why Jesus, Jesus was zeroing in on people's hearts because he knew what brings ultimate change is not, is not outward reform but inward transformation. And that's what I think shocks us about Jesus is that he's secondarily interested in this outside stuff, but primarily interested in the state of your soul and what and who you're building your life on because he knows the storms are coming. You, you are not exempt. You are not exempt. Whether you're rich, poor, young, old, black, white, whatever, you are not exempt from storms. And Jesus knows that if you're going to see the storms through, You've got to have your foundation built on Jesus and his found, foundational words. It was one other thing Jesus said in this same para, para, 
in the same parable that I think applies to us so rightly. Jesus, right before he said this parable, he said this here. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but don't do what I say? What a question. Like, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but don't actually do what I say? And I believe we have an epidemic in our churches of people that like to call Jesus Lord, but don't show it with the way they act. The primary way you sh- that you show the world that Jesus is Lord isn't by the words that come out of your mouth. It is by the actions that you show. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but don't do what I say? And I believe that that is the call, that that, that is the voice to the church today of saying, I don't want us to be a church that calls Jesus Lord but doesn't trust, trust him, that doesn't actually follow him, that doesn't actually walk with him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And now that might sound really narcissistic. Jesus is like, I'm the leader. Follow me. But here's the thing. Jesus was essentially saying, no one is going to do for you what I've done for you. No one is going to go to the cross and die in your place. No other founder of any other major religion in this world ever claimed that they were God. Jesus said, I am God. Jesus said, I'm going to die and I'm going to rise back. He died, he rose back, and his followers said, that dude was dead, now he's alive. What the heck? We're going to follow dead guy that is now alive. And Jesus came and here's the thing. Right, Jesus not only talked it, he walked it and he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So we follow him. Jesus surprises us by first off saying to us, uh, you can't be good enough. Secondly, I think he surprises us by, by saying to us, uh, I'm not your genie, but Thirdly, I think Jesus surprises us whenever we actually see and realize that Jesus did not come to condemn the world. Like, I've got friends that will not step into a church because they are scared of lightning. I mean, literally lightning hitting them. And I'm like, is this how people actually feel and think about Jesus? Like, they think his heart towards them is one of anger. They think his heart towards him is one of wrath. Like, people actually think that Jesus came for the purpose of pointing a finger and condemning people. Growing up, actually not growing up, when I was a youth pastor at my second church, there was was some construction work going on, and there were construction guys there, and they would, and they would smoke. And uh, this one construction worker, I always saw him like across the street in this farm whenever he was smoking. And, and I was just like, hey, dude, like, like why, 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 why do you go over there to smoke? And he's like, because I don't want to go to hell. He was like, I don't want to smoke on the church, on the church property. What? Like, you think if you're smoking on church, like, smoking on church property, you don't want like, to go to hell? And it's, it's just like, yeah, I was just like, so then, I, so then I just shared the gospel and I was like, dude, that, you might smell like hell, but you don't got to go to hell. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's like you can smell like hell, but you don't have to go to hell. You might smell like smoke and stuff like that, but you don't, you don't have to go, you know. 
But, but it, was this, it was this crazy, his thought process, and I know you've got friends and family exactly like this. They think this whole Jesus thing and church thing is just about the church and Jesus condemning people and telling people how bad they are. I know you've got friends and family, maybe even kids, cousins, uncles, co coworkers, whatever. That's what they think this whole thing is. And I think people are shocked to actually read, hear, and see that when you look at the biblical Jesus, Jesus actually said in John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says, for God so loved the world, not that God so hated the world. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to do what? Condemn it, but to save the world. The message version. We're gonna hit back at this because this is so powerful. This is what it says, the paraphrase version. It says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why. So that no one needed to be destroyed by believing in him. Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go through all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it is. He came to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without even knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one of kind son of God when introduced to him. I believe that people think Jesus and Jesus church and all this stuff is simply this. When it is nothing like this, it is like this. I think people are shocked to hear Jesus is not pointing the accusing finger. Jesus has his arms open saying, it's time to come home. It's time to come home. And I say, I believe that some of you today, you need to switch your idea and thinking about Jesus from being this to being this. And that's what he's telling you today. He didn't come to condemn you, he came to give you life. He came to give you joy. He came to give you peace, hope. He came to do this. Jesus is that unexpected gift that tells you you can't be good enough. You can't be good enough. You'll never be good enough. He's that gift that says, I'm not a genie. But I won't give you what you want, but I'll give you what you need. And he, he's, he's the unexpected gift where he doesn't condemn he welcomes with open arms. And I believe today that that is the gift this Christmas that we all need to receive. And we need to have our mindset shifted about who this, this Jesus is and what this gift truly is. Would you all stay with me? Thank you again for joining us on the LifeHouse Newport News Podcast. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Kiln Creek Movie Theaters. Until then, feel free to check us out at www.theaterchurchnn.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much, and God bless.